What is happening? Welcome to episode two of the Craft Pitching Podcast here with Nick Pollock and recurring guest, Eno Saris. Eno, good to see you. It's good to see you too. Who are who are our first two pitchers? We got this uh the two pitcher thing. First two pitchers right. were Cutter Crawford for yeah, you. Yeah. Cutter Crawford and you had Kyle Harrison as well. Kyle Harrison. That's and right. that was live from PitchCon. And uh if you're just joining us for uh the first episode, um this is a podcast where Ian or I are just gonna have lots of tangents about pitchers rooted in two pitchers. And then we're gonna go wherever it takes us. But this is this is us talking about the craft of pitching. We we love this sport so much. We love pitching specifically and so many different ways of talking about the game and so many different pitchers to talk about that wherever it goes is where it goes. Uh, but Eno Sars, of course, uh, sparkling resume inside the world of baseball and so many incredible tidbits. I'm, it's an absolute honor to do this cast with you. And uh, you just put out a, uh, a ranking for pitchers this year. That's what we're going to spend this episode doing. I have mine coming out next week. Uh, it is, I have it, I had a, um, a rough draft right now prepared so that I have a rule, you know, I don't know if you know this, I don't look at any other rankings. I just Ooh. don't because I get biased and I had to look at yours and actually I made sure that I got my ranking done before <laughs> I did. And I had actually people in my live stream saying like, oh man, you know, put Logan Gilbert at 11. I was like, come on, man, don't say anything yet. That. <laughs> but that is my first one. That is the the picture I really wanted to talk about here because I'm not going to put Logan Gilbert that aggressively. Uh-huh. And uh, before I really go into my stuff, because I know what I'm prepared to say, I wanted you to hear, I want to hear your real thoughts about being that aggressive because Pablo Lopez, who I... I actually think I'm going to have him at either SP five or six for me. I'm really, really in on what Lopez did. I think he got very unlucky last year in many ways. Um, but you have Logan Gilbert even higher than that. You have higher expectations for 2024. Talk to us about that. Well, we did a, a recent update to Stuff Plus, and we put some stuff in. Um, you know, in the revision, a couple of things. One was we, uh, you know, Stuff Plus is just trying to look at the physical characteristics of pitches. Um, but we realized that those physical characteristics are different in different, um, locations. So, uh, altitude affects rise. That's something we've known for a while that Colorado, you know, kills drop on pitches and stuff like that. Uh, but air density is a big deal and air density changes the way that pitches, uh, move through space. And lastly, we just noticed that lefties for some reason were, you know, being dinged by our model. And that, um, you know, we should put platoon splits in there. So yeah. we put handedness, pitcher handedness is basically in the model now um, as like a physical attribute. And so you do get into like these philosophical discussions of like what is stuff after a while. Like oh, I, yeah. I have someone who's very sure and has told me a couple of times that release point should not be in stuff. That release point is not stuff. Oh, that's interesting. I would say it is personally. It could be deception. Mm. Their point was this. Check this out. If a guy uh, moves uh, a foot to the left or right on the mound or whatever, like moves his position on the rubber. Yeah. Could that theoretically change your stuff plus? Yes. And he's like, does that make any sense? And I'm like, not really. Oh, I see what you're saying. I mean, right. You're saying it's attached to deception. Um, But I would say how it's going to the plate now is different. 
That's right, because we know that, about horizontal approach angle, vertical exactly. approach angle. It's changing so, the physics of how. Like if I said this, play. I'm throwing the pitch from third base and it's going to the same location than I am from the mound. <laughs> like that's nastier, right? Yeah. Right. So like that clearly has some sort of impact to it. Yeah. Um, and and when you when you know the idea of stuff like from a from a word standpoint, okay, cool. It doesn't really define it, but what you're actually trying to do with it is saying outside of the actual location of this, all the characteristics of this baseball. Right. So it's kind of a catch all in a way. Yeah. It's, it's like and, the non command stuff. Right. You know, so like, okay, cool. So stuff we want to say, Oh man, the stuff because of look how, how much the slider moves and how, you know, the, the fastball just <laughs> makes us go, Oh my gosh. But sure. There's more to it than that. And like you could say, okay, instead of using release point, we're going to use, horizontal uh, approach angle and VA vertical approach angle, then fine. That's really similar in that fashion. In fact, I think approach angles are in stuff plus because of release point because you right, have release exactly. point of movement. So yeah, in a way we're doing that. So I, I, I have an ear for it. I understand what they're saying, but uh, in any case, uh, and the last thing we did was we trained the model on 2023 uh, outcomes. And I think that was really important to do because in 2023, we had completely new rules. It was That's in true. some ways yeah. a different game, you right. know? So right. uh, we had to like, the, if you just think about shift, if you're looking at outcomes with the shift and then you ban some of those shifts, sure, it's going to change what happens on the, on the field. Oh man. Any case, uh, Logan Gilbert was one of the top uh, 15 pitchers in terms of his new stuff. Plus, was that much better than his old stuff in terms of really? risers? Um, yeah, we had some other, we had some lefties and some changeup guys that were near the top. So Christopher Sanchez and Kyle Hendricks were the top two. Uh, Nick Lodolo uh, was a top one. Um, Logan Webb was a was a, a top ra- riser. Bailey Ober was a top riser. So there's definitely some change-ups, some lefties that, that got some juice out of this. Uh, but Logan Gilbert was up there. And the reason that I like it is, you know, he's now 115 stuff plus, which is really plus. I mean, that's, yeah. um, you know, that's up there uh, with Wheeler. Uh, it's just short of like Cor- Corbin Burns and them. Um, that's, you know, that's it's interesting. It's, it's a big boost. Uh, it's ahead of Blake Snell. It's a... You know, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's right on there with like Kyle Bradish and Yuri Perez. So, you know, and I think when I watch him, that fits because mm-hmm. he has like what, like the best extension. In he has really league? good extension. He does not have good VAA or IVB on that. Mm, which may be related. Uh, I, that you're talking about a three, three D point in space. Yeah. So yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen guys with really good extension that also have like sometimes with like good Taj extension. Bradley has good extension and good. IVP. Right. And also um, sometimes you get good extension because you're mm. dipping down that back foot and going out. Mm. And that means, uh, and that means then you get a lower arm angle. Um, the one I think of is I think you Darvish. Um, he's kind of tall, but he really bends down and goes kinda out like and that gets drop and drive right? stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I like uh, Zach Wheeler is actually one that comes to mind um, as well. Mm. Elite extension, great VAA, terrible IVB. Like it's like 14 or 15, but it doesn't matter because of those two aspects um, that makes that four seamer so good. And Gilbert doesn't quite have that. 
Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, he's got the slider. He gets getting harder and harder. That's so interesting. Yeah. So he yeah. has this 89 mile an hour gyro slider. And I think it's pretty hard to like say that any 89 mile an hour slider is bad. Right. You know, so right. we got a 96 mile an hour four seam uh, with great extension, maybe not the greatest shape, but really great extension, really good velocity, 89 mile an hour slider, you know, maybe not the greatest shape, maybe not a sweeper. He tried to do the sweeper, he couldn't command it. So it's a gyro slider now, but he's also like, you know, he's adding pitches and adding to it. And I think this is a, a, a number that I can, I can get with. And, you know, so we, we have, uh, you know, new projections, um, off of that and, uh, off of, you know, based off of stuff plus, and I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah. I'll bring up the, uh, the PLV, uh, projection that we have. We, um, we have our V2 coming out with our launch of PLX. All the things are PL guys. Um, 335 ERA. 335. Okay. Thanks for uh, Jordan Rosenblum. So, so one thing that I am curious about with, uh, with Logan Gilbert, I'll bring up our, uh, projections for uh, for Gilbert. It might be a little bit different um, by this time next week. We have it at a three seven six, yeah, um, with a one sixteen whip. And I think the big difference between, I mean, the big dif- uh, differentiating thing is not really the stuff calculation on the PLV side and stuff. Plus, it's more about the location stuff, right? And which is plus for him, right? I no, I don't think it is. Hmm. I think it's negative. I mean, I I see that four seamer. I see results that are not matching what we're saying about the stuff of it. Uh, I see a four seamer that has a sub 10% swing striker all of a sudden. This used to be like supposed to be 11%, 12%. We were talking in Florida last year about who has a better four seamer, Kirby or Gilbert. And it really made me think a lot because you were on the Gilbert side. I was on the Kirby side because of the results of last year were that Kirby's was like one of the higher swing strike rate pitches and Kirby's and uh, Gilbert's wasn't. Sorry, I normally call them Jerby combined i've done that for a while and now they're actually like two different guys right um but uh gilbert's not getting the results i would think with that kind of you know highly graded stuff plus right like uh, but my point was that kirby was getting those results because of his locations well right and that's the thing is like it's hard for me to always you know as we know it's hard to really expect command to stick as much Mm -hmm. but if there's one thing we can agree on is that george kirby has like elite command (laughs) Right. right Uh, and even in our research, we found that uh, if you kind of eliminate the bottom tier of mm-hmm. command, com- like location plus is stickier year to year. What is the, the <laughs> yeah, there does it that? again. <laughs> Streamart, I guess, or maybe it's her camera. I don't know. Has like this thumbs up bubble that keeps showing up above, you know, it's hilarious. You were doing this or something like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we're just like gesturing now and nothing is happening um but uh but right so george kirby actually for him what's so interesting to me is that he throws uh and i think we even talked about this last week is like he throws the 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 four seamer up and away and mm. he has like the lowest called strike rate and like just get a little bit more middle and up and he has super high icr rates right guys are hitting that what's the icr um, again contact. ideal contact rate ideal contact rate that's takes all the bad balls that are beneficial with uh-huh. like the 50% or higher hit chances. So that's flares and burners, solid contact. And Gilbert barrel. does not throw high, high away might be the best place to to throw a pitch, a fastball in the big. Oh, I disagree. Now. I think it's high in middle, if not high up out of the zone. Uh, well, that's what we've, yeah. All right. We're picking the nets a little bit. Like yeah. High yeah. Is good. <laughs> 
but there I there like, are plenty. I like is better for good VAA stuff than. But also, than there's the, plenty yeah. of uh, like it's it's not high and tight for me because mm. there's plenty of Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, sort of like sure. just turn and burn on those. Like that's what Paredes Paredes wants high and tight. Like yeah, please throw it high and tight. Right, right. Plus you hit uh, batters there. You know, there's not as much you know give in terms of outside the zone there. Mm-hmm. I would so, say opposite handedness. You do like as a righty going into a lefty. I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like, then, you can still hit the guy. You can. Um, but I do see that, like especially lefties, the righties. Oh my gosh, the ones I say it all the time. The number one skill I look for a lefty is if can you get your four seamer up and into the opposite handed batter? Because otherwise, um, they're just gonna sit over the plate and just dive yeah, over the plate. Exactly. And also, generally, when you do that, um, I remember even Juan Soto talking about Max Fried. And that when he does throw his four seamer inside, it is more like a cutter. And I do actually think because of that angle, it does get a little bit extra horizontal um, that, movement that, because of that. I, I, this is one of those things that like I like gasped and like wrote a big fan grass piece about. And then a lot of the comments are like, duh. But like, <laughs> but like I think the title was like uh, movement of pitches is different. To different where it's located right yeah right and um i just i just read some comments from hunter brown saying that um he was having trouble locating to his what he called his extension side um and i'd never heard that yeah yet. i haven't either but I, what he means is his glove side because yeah. you extend further you know if you oh, do your right. pitching motion later in your you release. that's what you're talking yeah. about you're extending further right, so right. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, that Madison Baumgartner told me that I thought was fascinating was that like, um, if you wanted, so when you throw to your arm side, you Mm -hmm. generally get more sort of up down movement on like a slider, right? Sure. Yeah. You're, you're releasing it earlier and you don't get as much sweep. Mm -hmm. And then when you're throwing to uh, your glove side, you hold on to the ball longer yeah. And you're more out in front and you get right. more sideways movement on it. Yeah. Bumgarner told me that he would land more crossfire huh. if he wanted to have more sideways movement yep. on a pitch to his arm side. That's, that's um, amazing. And I told that to some other pitchers and they were like, I would never screw with my landing foot like that, <laughs> like on a pitch to pitch basis. Like right. Adam Ottavino is like, all that happens over the course of the year is I become more and more crossfire. There's like no way that I'd be like, and for this pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. well, I mean, that's the thing though that I talk about too, about crossfire is I generally avoid any pitcher like that because it is so hard to find a rhythm when you're crossfire. Mm. The, um, I mean, even on that conversation about like, it's cool. You're, you're the extension side, which I think is awesome. That's such a great way of putting it. Um, it, it the timing is different. Yeah. Right. Like it's uh the more and more crossfire you get, the more out of whack your timing gets as oh. you go. And this is because, something you were saying about Kyle Harrison that you didn't really like. It's a bit crossfire. Right. He is he is crossfiring on if it. If you want to see a real crossfire, the Giants have another one. Ryan Walker. Oh man. He's like a reliever for them. He uh-huh. looks like Jake Arietta. If you want to think of like guys in the past that did it, yeah. that did it successfully, Jake Arietta He's the first one I go to. Is the guy who like did it successfully. Right. But you can well, probably also not think of all the names that didn't do it <laughs> successfully. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it's like, okay, so Ariad was so good for a bit because he had that and like that one earned run he had in what, 2015 or something over the second half? 16? 
Like that was because when you did he have, did he have like that, that you get the rhythm of it. Was that, yeah, I was like, what was that? Did he have that good of a half one year? It was one year. It was like one earned run. Yeah, <laughs> the half. it was something ridiculous. Yeah, um, but uh, you get into rhythm of it, right? And the perfect example for me right now of a guy that we see going in and out of rhythm who throws crossfire like that, cross body, it's Freddie Peralta. Um, it's what is like the reason for like, cool. He was like two months, not there. And then what, you know, has an amazing second half, like in rhythm. Is that going to be there next year? Like, I don't know. This doesn't have anything to do with Logan Gilbert. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. It does a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to actually tie this together in a second, but, um, but yeah, so like funny story about Arietta, the other guy that I was super in on and really taught me this was Zach Godley. Uh, he was so filthy because oh, of this. Oh, right. And terrible and, and the terrible command numbers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the next year when he had this like two sixty array and had the best result on that sinker ever, he just couldn't command it the next year. And the secondaries are worse. And what do you know? That's it. Zach Alley, goodbye. Yeah. Um, and I bought way too uh, high in that one. But the other aspect that instead of just saying cross body, think of it the same way of like we were talking about, I think it was last week of, um, the guys with the big extension often mm-hmm. don't have good command because they're super lanky. Mm. And instead of extending the cross body release, think of extending the north south release because you're so lanky. Right. And I think Logan Gilbert suffers from this. Of instead of the timing left to right as a cross body guy would, think of it north south. Mm. And I see Logan Gilbert's command and it does not get high lock enough. He does not go upstairs. Um, high location being defined as um, the third of the zone and just higher in general. And he gets 51%, which is pretty much 50th percentile on his four season. It's interesting because, you know, location plus says he's plus there. Uh, mm-hmm. 102, 103, 103 uh, in his three seasons for Logan Gilbert on, yeah. on location plus. But location plus is sort of agnostic of good locations within right. good locations. Like, yeah. There are still better locations and, and, and to different player populations. And I talked about this because like it just says, hey, cool. Is this going to be an expected strike? Great. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really care so much about the bad ball as much. It's just like, can you just throw off strikes with this pitch? Awesome. You should be right. I bet you. Yeah. I bet you and, that's a big part of and it. And that's the thing is that like, you're not going to get whiffs like. What's what's interesting, and I've been talking about this with Kyle a bit about uh, about these models is, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, exactly what you just said about command is that you get rid of that lower tier, and you start to see the aspects of the top fifty, top seventy five pitchers or so, and what actually sticks. You know what the big effect is, mm-hmm. and it makes me think a lot about like, cool, all right, we have this conglomerate that's like, yeah, you're fine of throwing enough in the zone, but then how do we separate between the elites inside of it. And it's like those that don't just throw strikes with it, that actually throw like quality strikes. Right. And uh, we're starting to unroll a stat. We'll have it, I think on the site next week, or if not next week, like in, in February, which is called striker, um, which is a non PLV one. This is why we're excited. We actually have, again, we come up with things that are not just pitch model. Now uh-huh. uh, striker is just strike minus two times ICR. So it's um, strike. Like, if you think about uh, the components of whip, um, it's just walks and hits allowed. Uh-huh. And to us, ICR is really one of the best components for predicting hits. Mm. It's just, are you allowing the contact that would allow hits? 
Okay, cool. And then are you allowing the things that would allow walks at his balls? So you could put them together. Almost like an X whip. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, and George Kirby just, is like one of the best at this, but then I'm just like, I, I, I the, the reason I struggle on this is that like, and I don't know if this is like, again, this could be true in a large part of the population. But if you actually look at George Kirby, he doesn't miss by this much, but mm-hmm. when they looked at how much pitchers miss the target by, you know, it was 13 inches on average. Well, and what is I tried to look at, I looked What's at like three Oh counts. Right. Yeah. And tried to like really get down and I still got to like 10 inches on three Oh counts, three Oh counts. So like, you know, you can have this stat that's like, okay, you know, it's better to do these things, but how good are people at actually doing those things? And like, what is, how predictive it is it, you know, going for like, we have not found as much predictive quality out of location plus as we'd like. Yeah, sure. Words. Um, my question there though, is saying missing the glove by 13 inches. How is it defining where they're trying to go? Like where the glove is? Like it, that's, that's a huge flaw in it. And, and you have different, uh, you have different catchers that like set up differently. And well, we talked know. to Pablo in the, in the interview, uh, in like December and he was saying, yeah, for different pitches and different times, I want the glove in a different place. Yeah. Like I mean, you, you I'm can think about it like, for the glove. I'm sometimes trying to say like, that's where I want the ball to start and then land. Uh, and that's fascinating. Like Jake Odorizzi was a perfect example of that. He, that's the guy that like, I think of painting the top of the zone red, right? Just completely. Every time the glove was down and away. Yeah. And he just I, mess up. Yeah. There's also, yeah. There's also, um, you know, think of like people like putting the glove on the ground to be like, yeah, you know, like they don't want it to actually hit the ground, but they're like, they're like, you know, get, keep this one low, you know? Yeah, exactly. So right. there's, there's different ways that they communicate with each other. You know, this is actually something that teams might be like a team employee might be laughing at us about a little bit because what you can do in the team context is stand behind the pitcher and basically be like, aim here. Sure. Track. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, track, right, right. Aim here, track. <laughs> and they and the and the better teams are doing that because mm-hmm. what you can do then is start to have missed patterns. Yeah. Uh for a specific pitcher. And now you can have a better like uh like framing plan or a better plan with the catcher. Be yeah. like, we tracked his missed patterns, and you could even do this maybe old school style if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, just like watch a game and be like, okay, he's always missing up and away when he tries to throw right. high. Well, make sure that if we're trying to get him to go up and hin, he doesn't just leave it, you know, you know, well, middle, middle or whatever. Right. So this is mis- patterns is something that is not like we're changing the game here, but you no. can be more precise about it. If you like track it and you say, okay, you miss in these directions on this many inch level. And so maybe they they might have a smaller number than 13, but I would just say, think about how much, how, how difficult this is that we talk about the space oh, yeah. temporal release yeah, yeah. point. That's like this moving, like you're, you had a curveball release point. You got a fastball release points out in space. You're all your right. body's moving. There's no way that like people are missing one or two inches on average. Yeah, like, sure. Maybe it's more, it's more like eight, you know, but then if you think about the size of the strike zone, eight is still like a big number. So if you're saying, Oh, this guy this year was very good at putting the ball in these places great for him is he gonna do it again next year right exactly uh <laughs> and i want to actually talk a little bit more about this but before we are we're going to take a quick break so actually to that point you're talking about with uh um with missing locations and just kind of like cool you're missing up and away or something like that something that actually i think is easier and isn't done as much as we think it is 
uh, is just talking about mentalities with guys. And um, something, for example, that I think George Kirby does really well. I remember before last year, we saw that his slider was all missing the same place down and away. And we thought, great. Okay, that's a conversation to be had. Saying start starting the target over here, we started a little bit more towards the plate, and eventually they'll get there. It's kind of what I see from Bobby Miller right now. Um, actually, I don't know where did you ultimately put Bobby Miller? Was it like fifteen or something? Nineteen. 14? Uh, what? Okay, you know, you're the guy at first pitch Arizona who just goes to the mic before the end of it and goes. <laughs> Dropped Bobby Miller everywhere. You know, like everything is Bobby, <laughs> Miller, I say, Bobby Miller. I said I wanted to like crack Bobby Miller and spread him all over my chest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're saying 19. I'm. I think I have him at like 14. Well, uh, I, I really, I, I, in my blurb says this is my restrained face. The, uh, the thing I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting to this, but uh, Clayton Kershaw led the Dodgers in innings last year with 130. Sure. And they basically are running a six man rotation out there every year. Right. So I think his cap on innings is lower than people expect. Yeah, he looks okay. like a guy that another team might be like 180. Go, go eat young man. Um, but I think in this case, uh, he's going to get like 125, 130 innings. Well, here's the thing though, you know, <clears throat> six man rotations are like the fellowship of the ring. It starts off with nine of them. And by the end, you're just having two that are struggling to survive, which definitely happened in LA too. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, remember their there was their playoff rotation. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. Uh, I don't even remember. Lance just Lynn, I think, got a game. start in a short series. <laughs> that's that's when you're hurting. Um. But right. So I, I understand that completely. I uh, and it actually is a reason why I think like I'm a little lower in Yamamoto as well. Um. I have them both back to back. I think in mine. Um. Because I love he both might, of them. He might rise. I. I. You know. I, I just one thing I struggles with struggle with is like you know, keeping, letting the projections rein me in, like be not being too excited. I, yeah, I, right. I've done things in the past where I pushed guys. This is going to be ironic when I finally say my picture, you'll laugh. But, <laughs> uh, I've been too excited about guys. And in fact, the, yeah. the guy that I'm going to say later is I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I've been too excited about him. So every time I have a guy that I push, 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 push. At yeah. some point I'm like, well, let me, try to think negatively about him and see. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've certainly tried to do that with Cole Reagan's being like, well, it's the Royals, Nick. So remember that part. Yeah. Uh, But um, for a four, two and I'm sorry. What? No, not a chance. Not a chance. PPRA is a fourth. Uh, No, no, no way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I have Cole Reagan's at like 19 or 20. Um, Whoa, I, all right. Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm so very in. Uh, but anyway, back to Logan Gilbert. My <laughs> worry about him is that he does not have this command to make this better. And even like last year, the results in that four seamer were strange. I mean, really, no matter what the command numbers say, it's just it doesn't. It, he, I don't think so. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that he's able to make that adjustment. And honestly, through the entire year. We saw the first couple months, maybe like two months, where he was actually like doing really well and the splitter was maybe working and the four-seamer was all right, but he never really had the slider. And actually, it's so funny to me, 2022, all we said was, hey, he's got a good fastball, but where's the slider? Where is the breaking ball? Was it going to get it? Then we show up and it's like August 20th or something. And what does Logan Gilbert do? Throws over 50% sliders and has a terrible fastball. And I'm going, who is this man? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what I'm looking at. And I will say the slider for Logan Gilbert is great. Like, I actually really, really like this pitch. As you're saying, 89 mile per hour slider is just generally always going to be good. 17% but he's trusting whips. it. 
We have it at like average. a five five PLV, which is whoa, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I the the thing I was really harping on last season in season was a lesson that I don't listen to enough. And it's that when you lose an old skill and oftentimes like a new skill comes in and says, cool, I'll save you, buddy. I got you. We have this idea of great. He has this new skill and the old school is old school is going to show up and now he's going to have two. It's going to be awesome. I have a name for you. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the new is actually what normally happens is before the old returns, the new disappears. Oh, well, and Paddock, both are bad. Paddock. Oh my gosh, Paddock. Paddock is like, yeah. oh, yeah. he's got a great fastball and, and a great changeup. What if he had a breaking ball? Right. And then he works all off season on a cutter and a curve, right? And he comes back and you're like, well, the cutter's interesting. Where did all the ride go on his fastball? Right. And all of a sudden right. without the ride on his fastball, the changeup's no good. Yeah. And so then now he's just like, well, now he's just not even good. Right. So the thing is, I wish I had like IVB numbers from 2019. I don't. We only have it till two, since 2020. Because I don't know Hawkeye. if you do. Um, right. It's all different, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at Paddock and I'm of no interest in Paddock whatsoever. He should be in the pen. Well, some uh, of his ride be... came back in the, in the short term. So it, no. we are, it's not looking good on my end of all like, right. this is not a good one. Also it was 95, 96 in the pen, which means it's 94 and back to what normally is in the rotation. And like, no, nope, right. no, there's definitely uh, some, some, so Louis some Varland, oh, mm, oh, I saw that you had Louis Varland pretty high. I'm like, yes, yeah. we're good there. Uh, but anyway, back to Gilbert. You can't uh, assume that, that the like yeah. that the good four seamer is going to come back for Paddock or for, for Gilbert. Gilbert, I hope but so. You think that it's gone? What what's wrong? With I don't know. I like I guess my I don't know yet. Like I'm at like 23 or something. It's not like I'm saying like do not draft Logan Gilbert. He did lose um, IVB. He did right. He lost it about like what seven inches I think it was or something like that. Maybe it was a full inch. Um, and it is a little weird to me. And it's really just the slider right now that's really good. Uh, is he going to be able to command the four seamer better, get a little bit more of the shape back? Uh, the good news is that he's going to throw a ton. The split has uh, good results. Yeah, it's a, it lost in the second half is the problem. And what do you know? It's a splitter. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> it is really funny. There was a, there's an article from the Mike curve, but This is like the best it, curve right? he's thrown too. So. Is it really? Oh, I don't, yeah. I completely ignored the curve. I was like, yeah, it's not going to go. It used to be horrid, but this yeah. year, 211 batting average, 12% whiffs. Um, yeah, low strike rate, 56%, not reliable. It's not, a, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's, that's it's what he came up curve. with. You know, that was his pitch. That was supposed to be his pitch. Yeah. Oh, why? Oh, man. I remember seeing that. It looked so good with a low angle, too, in the minors. Like, oh, it was beautiful. Stuff Plus oh, was weird. like, this is not a good pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Our PLV on the curve is 482, which is really bad for a, uh, for a curveball. Yeah. So, I mean, Look, I want to believe that Gilbert is going to be essentially a two-pitch pitcher with also the splitter that helps. Um, I'm not quite there and sold on it. I guess it was like, all right, that pointed out to me because like I believe in Pablo Lopez and what he does. And it's... Oh, yeah, my good. Pablo Lopez ranking is less about that and more about... Um, the shoulder? Some, yeah, some nervousness about the health grades. And, mm-hmm. it, and the thing that's tough about health grades, um, and you'll see that, and I've gotten some feedback about this, is just... One of the one of the inputs in the health grade thing that Jeff Zimmerman came up with is just lifetime days on the IL. Yeah. Okay. And of course, we have last two years day on the IL, and right. last two years is weighted more heavily. Mm-hmm. But lifetime is still part of it. So Garrett Cole has a C. 
Oh, that's interesting. Because he has lifetime days on the IL. But he's been clean for a while. And so there is, but I, but also I know just from projecting that like nothing projects future injury, like past injury. So that's right. That, that's, that's the only reason why I was kind of, I really struggled with Pablo. Actually, I had him, I had him like seventh before and he ended up yeah. 14th. He, he was going up and down in that, in that range. Yeah. It's well, here's, here's a problem I go through too, is uh, last year when it comes to ADP, the top 31 starters, only 15 of them started 25 games or more. So I want innings. So that's why I get more yeah. nervous. I actually get more nervous about innings in the top 25 than I do later when I'm just expecting well, half of these guys are not going to make it. Anyway. See, that's the thing. I don't know where to go with my logic. Like that seems really reasonable. So and then also I, I want think, Logan Webb over Pablo Lopez on some right. level because I'm like Logan Webb, dude, 200 innings. But we don't know who is going to be the 16 that get hurt. Right. Yeah. That's, that that's the thing too. Oh, so so I don't know. Anyways, so might as well go one. for the quality over yeah. the quantity. Right. Like, that's I don't know one. what to do with this information. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a tough one. Uh, so, so I go back and forth on all this stuff. It's, uh, it's hard and I totally understand the argument. Hey, cool. I, you believe in Logan Gilbert getting that volume. You believe even in that weird wonky season, the fastball not being good, it was still a 108 whip. And 24% carry. Really good results, really good volume, you know. Yeah. I go back and forth. I don't quite know. Um, but I'm going to take Pablo. I'll tell you that one. I think he's just too good. He has like, four, he has four, you know, he really has five pitches that are just incredible. He still needs to figure out lefties a little bit, but he's un, unreal at this point. I think like right. the, uh, I mean, what was he tied third for the most strikeouts last year too with Kevin Gosman? Um, Something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's 230 plus. That's something and, that volume can always do for you, but yeah, well, that's fair. Uh, here's oh, uh, so my guy, here's here's oh, what we got here. Here's <laughs> the guy that uh, uh, in the early going is is branded uh, Eno's guy this year, and, and I'm worried that uh, now that I've done a little bit even more research, um, so like for the pod today with with Derek uh, on rates and barrels, I was trying to uh, come up with a graphic that'd be like, this is why I love him, yeah. And I came up with the graphic and I was like, that's why I love him. That's why I love him. Oh, 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 oh what? <laughs> I don't like this. So, um, Seth Lugo, my man. Yeah, I had him on the list. <laughs> is uh, in my top 50. And um, sort of without getting into any specifics, uh, the sort of general pitch that I have for you is yeah. uh, his fastballs are good enough. His breaking balls are very good. Um, and he's had good results at every, at every level. I'm not as worried about the innings as some people because he's demonstrated some innings. He's going to build them up. He's a veteran. He hasn't had that much injury, uh, over his career even. I think these two fastballs and three breaking balls are enough for him to, to be good. I did a quick on fan graphs. Unfortunately, the sweeper is, is tied in with the slider. Uh, we're going to try and fix that over the coming, uh, season. We are too, actually. We have, it. I made the stupid decision last year of doing this and we're splitting it up next week because, because people have two and sometimes one is good and one's bad or, or you don't want to look at a guy and be like, he just has one slider when he actually has two. Right. Also messes up our model a little bit because we don't label labels like gyro sliders and sweepers should have different values. Uh, oh, because of where average is because you guys are tying it to average like that. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, we tie average to all secondary pitches. 
uh, gotcha. as a hundred. So it's the pitch type is not important that way, but it, it, it does become important this way because what I'm about to tell you is this is the list of pitchers who threw a hundred innings last year and had two breaking balls that are better than one, one ten stuff plus. Okay. Sandy Alcantara, Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish, Nick Pavetta, Bobby Miller, Bryce Miller. I didn't say the bad names. <laughs> I didn't say the bad names. Here are the bad names. And these are the ones with bad fastballs. Right. Aaron Savali, Seth Lugo, Luke Weaver, J.P. Luke France. Weaver? Wait, wait, wait. Luke Weaver and J.P. France are in there? Yeah. So... Oh. Yeah, just a little quick aside. I actually think JP France is going to go for the strikeouts more this year, and we're going to see more mm. of his breaking balls. He had this weird thing where he was getting good results on the changeup, but no swing strikes. But if you look in the minors, he actually led the minors in strikeouts. Oh, that's cool. years. Yeah. So I think when you you were this interesting, you're talking about like, does the old thing come back? Right. If it's just like an old pitch you used to throw, you're not throwing as much. I think it can. Mm-hmm. I, I, when you're talking about movement, yes, I get it. Like the, maybe the, the movement of each pitch, like will change, like release points will change. If, yeah. Like with Paddock, if you start going for the cutter, you could kill a ride on your fastball. Right. They're like the Yankees adding cutters and stuff. I think messed up some of their four seamers, which by the way, sorry for tangents, but like I was, I, I just did my write up of Garrett Cole. Whoa. I am. I never thought I'd be scared about Garrett Cole, but I'm scared about Garrett Cole. Well, he's worried. He he didn't want to do the cutters because he's worried about what would do his fastball. And then last year he did the cutter and it didn't. And it, worried, it messed up his fastball. fastball. It's not even that. It's also the slider. Like, yeah, the slider is worse now too. I'm like, this is, this is scary. Like this is his VAA even got worse. Yeah. Like he used to have a better, like a flatter arm angle and that even got worse too. It's all weird. And yet man. he won the Cy Young. I know. I don't, what? And how did that make him have a 0.8 home run per nine instead of a 1.4? Well, we, we both know that home run rates are like the noise of sing. Oh, here's some news for you. Uh, Jordan Rosenblum was doing the work and he found that um, Stuff Plus, the most, the, the results that it had the most effect on uh, in projections was not necessarily the K percentage, although it does. Number one and number two were BABIP, batting average on balls in play, and home runs per fly ball. Or oh, like interesting. or barrels or barrels. So like the stuff balls in play is most affected by stuff. That um, does not surprise me. Locations to do a lot for whiffs. If you think about it. Yeah. You can put it yeah. in the right place for a whiff, you know, but like think of gyro sliders. Gyro sliders are like, you, want, you yeah. can command them. You get, you get whiffs off the gyro slider where you put yeah. them, not, not from the movement. That's a great point. And also like it's just moving more. So if it's moving more, then it's just going to be harder to get exactly the point. Right. Uh, and that's, that's borne out by research too, from teams yeah. I've heard the command is harder on bigger, bigger shapes. Yeah. That's yeah. There it is too. Oh man. Yeah. That's really but, cool. Good stuff. Uh, anyway. So uh, I don't want necessarily Luke Weaver and Aaron Savali, although I have Aaron Savali kind of close to Seth Lugo, uh, but Seth Lugo's uh, breaking balls, none of, neither of them is like as good as Aaron Savali's. Mm-hmm. Um, Slider, oh, I think it is. Yeah, that's interesting. Wait, and Seth Lugos is not as good as Aaron Savali's breaking ball. Right. Yeah, the break, fastball is so good. Poopy. Yeah. Um, so here's another list for you um, that I just wanted to uh, look at the worst fastball. So I think the question is uh, what's the worst? fastball you're okay with like how oh, no. bad of a fastball can you be okay oh, with so i sorted uh 
thrown at least 400 times. Uh, stuff plus worst four seam fastballs, right? Yeah. And when you're talking like 13 stuff plus, like Chris Flexen, mm-hmm. like I get it. That's not good enough. Uh, you know, apply again later. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Patrick Corbin with a 50 stuff plus. Right. And the list is not good. I mean, it's Brandon Williamson, Ben Lively, Jesse Schultons, Tommy Henry, Trevor Williams, Kyle Freeland, Buck Farmer, Carlos Carrasco, minor league deal, you know, Ranger Suarez. He's a sinker guy. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez kind of a uh, sinker guy, although he's kind of a command guy. It's yeah. not a good list in the low, no. low numbers. But that's not where uh, Lugo is. Lugo is um, at 82. So here are the fastballs around Lugos. Uh-huh. And this is Kyle a sinker Gibson. and four-seamer, correct? Well, they're both 82. I'm just looking at four-seam right now. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Which may be unfair because his well, sinker's a little bit better than his four-seamer. He does it but. differently, right? He throws more sinkers to righties and then throws more four-seamers to lefties. Yeah, but, you know, this is important to how good he can be. Right. Uh, and he is surrounded by Kyle Gibson, Lucas Giolito, Oh, no. Jameson Tyon's four seam is right here. Um, huh. Alec Manoa, uh, Kirby Yates, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Tristan Beck. Joe Ryan's fastball is kind of close to his. Uh, Josiah Gray's four seam fastball is down here. Lance Lins. So uh, that's not still not good news. <laughs> well, what uh, necessarily, is necessarily, but there the are some successful pitchers here. Yeah, so there, there does become a point where you can hide the fastball enough. So that was my question to you: is you know when you are looking at a bad fastball, is there are there pitches with bad fastballs that you can like? And where is that sort of threshold? Well, okay. So first, first question: this is all stuff plus ranks. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, So I mean, for for me, looking at Seth Lugo, I I think this is a horrendous fastball. I mean, as far as ICR rates go, it's like. 50% 50% plus. This is like the territory, if you want to list for me, of just like how much bad contact you allow. Like, this is <laughs> no, this is really, really terrible. Um, and I I also think that the sinker is, is actually pretty good against right handers and jamming them and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But against lefties, he's got nothing, especially when we're saying that his best breaker is a sweeper, right? Um, well, if we're he's, saying, got a, is he's got, it? He's got the curveball as well. The curveball is number one for forever. It's Fair enough. On you. Yeah. Okay. I. Uh, but yeah, just as a as a reminder, everybody, sweepers are always going to be worse against off-handed right. batters because um, it's going more horizontal than the gyro that we talk about. He has a little um, more weakness against lefties than I thought. I mean, forcing 500 slugging against lefties, sinker 486. You don't want to throw your sinker to lefties. Or no, you don't. Right. Unless you're like amazing at front hip stuff, then you yeah. just don't want to do it. Or if you have like a sinker that can fall down away consistently and you have a changeup to match that. But is it just um, too bad? I mean, give it, think about the vi- really environmental bad. factors, like really good park. That's a good positive thing. I've been underrating the Royals defense as well. Um, yeah. I have something I call the Wasker rule, which is my failure to realize that Wasker Inoa just had a really good slider and that his 96 mile per hour fastball actually was a detriment to him. <laughs> so if you have one good breaking ball, and you don't, you have a fastball that we would say is not helpful. And he has two. Lugo has two, maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. I, then, I then I break it. Right. Am I, am I going to believe in the curveball doing enough? Is my question. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have I a down arrow for me because I realize how far out of the industry I, I am on this, but 
you know, I like Aaron Savali too. And what is Aaron Savali? Like, is, is how fundamentally different than Aaron Savali is Seth? I actually think they're massively, personally. I think like the what? I think that Savali goes about sixty five percent, seventy percent cutter and curve. Uh and because then, he doesn't even use his bad fastball. Right. And when he does, actually he's starting to do it. Um I got to talk to him about it and I loved it. He was saying, Yeah, I'm pr- starting to really go more upstairs with the four seamer exclusively. I want to use that sinker to just jam into righties. Like that's the way he should be doing it. And he's leaning into that more. Also, I think Savali's working on a slider with the Rays, and I have a lot more faith of like the Rays figuring out how to get the most out of Savali after a full year. Some of the numbers yeah, that we've with him, throwing the slider more. With he the was, and the Rays like the actually problem, was so yeah. annoying to me. I remember this like the first start with Savali, he was throwing sinkers more than cutters. I was like, "What is a what are the Rays doing? Oh no!" And then he said, "Oh yeah, I, I just got traded. I didn't know what was going on. No one talked to me. Like I just yeah. threw more sinkers that day. I'm like, oh right, duh, of course. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I yeah, the problem. Yeah, about I talked to pitchers too. I was like, volume. Logan Webb was like, you know, I I'm throwing this great new slider, and I was like, yeah, but you haven't thrown it the last three games. He's like, oh well, that's a scouting report. Like Brewers, you know, they swing over changeups all the time. So like, I threw a bunch. Of there changeups. you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, volume with Savali is a lot more in question than it is Lugo. I think so. Um, but then, and, and couldn't that same game plan be there for that you're describing for Savali? Like, be there for Lugo? Like, he has the well, hard Lugo slider. Lugo doesn't have the cutter though. The hard slider. I, I don't. I don't know if he's going to trust it like that. Like, I have more faith. Uh, Savali's done that, like sixty five percent to seventy percent in a start, right? Like, Lugo looks like, hey, cool. I'm going to throw fifty percent fastballs. And I guess the hard slider for Lugo is eighty one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I'm not sure that works as a cutter. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily out on Lugo. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I saw last year and it was like really nice. Like even as it was going on with Lugo last year, it was a 120 whip, 3.57 ERA, 23% K rate, and it was like a sneaky like, oh, this actually is kind of working, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was also really good defense with San Diego. Um, home run suppression is a real thing in San Diego early in the year. Um, it gets worse as it goes on. A lot of the same roadmap. I mean, it's going to be good defense. I think yeah. it's a road, it's a homer suppressing park. Wins are the question mark, but the offense should be better. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily again out on it. I don't think I'm as aggressive as 45. Um, mm. I'm actually a little even more raised eyebrow. I think I'm Braxton Garrett at 49. Uh, but I, uh, I mean, it's, it's, the joke of it is like, I initially had like Braxton Garrett way out of the tiers of, I just considered him like a streamer. So I had him like a hundred and something or whatever in October. And then Mason, Justin Mason sends me and texts me like 130. I'm like, I do. Come on. That was October. Like, forget about that. I just shoved them all back there. <laughs> um, I mean, Garrett will be in probably like my seventies or something, but I'm geared to tor- towards 12 teamers. Don't draft totals. No, no, I I, I, I have an eye for that. I mean, I, 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 this is definitely, this, this ranking set is definitely biased by the fact that I'm in drafting holes, 50 round drafting holes. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, and so yeah, then, yeah. like, Seth Lugo's, you know, innings has got me all hot and bothered, you know. Mm-hmm. But we have, we did poll our listeners and, and, and learned that we have more 10 and 12 team uh, players than we yeah. expected. And, and I you saw know. you replying to that tweet about it. Um, and actually, I have more to say about that, but we do have to take a quick break. I have this memory in 2019 going to in and out once again, Justin Mason and getting in his car and being like, Hey, I'm telling you right now, I think sleeper in the bus, you guys should be doing 
more about 12 teamers than 15. He goes, no, I think all of our listeners are doing 15 teamers and all that kind of stuff. So I'm telling you it's 12. Put out a tweet poll right now on Twitter. I think it was 70% of them played in 12 teamers or shallower. (laughs) And that's always stuck with me. And that's why we, you know, I normally speak in that 12 teamer land because of that. But there is one guy on your list that I was really surprised about because I might ultimately have this guy higher than Seth Lugo, even though you could say they're tied at the hip. Hmm. And that's Michael Waka. Ooh. Who's at 126 on yours. Ooh. And yeah, you give that. And that's what I thought first for myself was, ooh. Yeah. And it doesn't surprise me. What are you just buying the, the new usage patterns or something? So Waka is a command guy. Yeah. And he has, he still has one of the best changeups in the game. And he throws it righty or lefty. doesn't matter. Still amazing success with it. And he's, and he's able he's to kind of set up everything else. Isn't there going to be a time when it's too much? Like, is there a point? Oh, no it's a Logan Webb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Michael know. You Walker, might be right about that. Only the change up yeah. is the only pitch above 90 stuff plus. That doesn't surprise me. Not in the slightest. But I, I'm, I'm pretty much saying, hey, he's a command guy. He's someone that has just gone out of his way since I think middle of 22 but Lugo has two breaking balls that are good and you yeah. won't do that I mean Waka I know but the fastballs are so up. bad he doesn't command them enough and it's like okay the way I see it with Waka is like versus Lugo is both of them to me are not the kind of guy you get that says cool I'm going to get like an SP3 now for the year my 12 team or something like that mm-hmm. like this is your in the meantime, while I have something that's fine, I'm okay starting this, but I hope to find some prospect or someone else that like blows up. Right. Get Cole Reagans in the second half. Great. Get out of here, Waka. Get out of here, Lugo. Right. Right. So for me, in that case, then I'm gonna say, Great, who do I trust to not like get blown up as much and to be consistent day to day? And I see what? Lugo what? with like terrible fastballs that he throws so much. <laughs> I don't know how good the curveball and slider are actually gonna be to take over. And then I see this amazing, well, I know, let me finish my point. <laughs> I see the changeup that is incredible. And I just see these pitches that have survived better than Lugo's fastballs have. That's why. <laughs> so we're talking about Michael Walker, who had a, Walker, that guy. a 6.6 ERA in 2020 and a 5.05 in 2021, a 4.7 in 2019. Last two years. 332 ERA, 322, 112 whip in 2022, 2023, 116. But I didn't even go about that. I don't, I don't normally lean on that. What I see is a changeup that's a righties had a 46% O swing last year and a 20% swing strike rate across about 30% usage. That is filth. Nothing is close to this on Lugo's side to me. Like this is, and that's to righties. That's not even to lefties. Like Waka has this unbelievable pitch here. And he has a cutter that he gets called strikes with 26% of the time. Uh, 33% oh, CSW on that to yeah. help him get to that changeup. Lugo's curveball is that for me. It is interesting. The elite pitch that he's going to build everything off of. Okay. I do think there's a larger discussion here, and we may not figure this out one out right now, but, um, you know, there's a, there are so many different pathways to success for a starting pitcher. Yes. You know, That's the there's like the stuff guy without the command, you know, you know, there's the small arsenal, like the fastball slider guy, the strider guy. That's just so dominant in the small arsenal. There's the wide arsenal. And, you know, I could see saying Braxton Garrett is a wide arsenal without an out pitch, but in our new stuff plus update, it, 
the 120 stuff plus on the slider. I think the slider's an outpitch. Slider's good. Slider's, slider's good. It disappeared good. for a moment last year, but then when it came back, I was like, yeah. And that, that fit more than my eye test because it's like an 85, 86 mile an hour, two plane. It's, it looks like mm-hmm. a good pitch. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's different ways, but the one that fascinates me is the one elite pitch with the wide arsenal. Yeah. Like the late Adam Wainwright. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Where you're just like, even Charlie Morton right now, it's like, okay, you have one pitch that I'm afraid of, you know? And I guess, I guess some of what's missing is, is, is command. So if you don't think Lugo has command and you think Walker does, I think that's the big thing because if you're going to play that game where you're like, okay, I know my changeup is in your head. Right. What you're going to do is throw something that doesn't look like the changeup. And what are they going to do? Not swing. Right. That's what, that's how Logan Webb has like a 33% called strike rate on his sinker. It's, hilarious because everyone because, thinks it's going to be the change up. And it's yeah, not. yeah, exactly. So, so if you can make something look like that and get it in the zone. So yeah. if Lugo has this great curveball, but he can't throw anything that looks like the curveball and, and hit the zone with, you know, with regularity to get those called strikes, that's where he's going to get in trouble. And I also think that Lugo doesn't throw enough strikes with that curveball. I, uh, against yeah. lefties last year, I'm seeing a, a 60% strike rate. Uh, with Lugo and especially when talking told about me that was good. That's like the threshold as like your secondary, but that's going to be the thing. I need to see this like Waka's, which is a 60, 65 to 70% strike rate on the changeup. That's well, like cool. Every moment I've got this, you know, you know, injury history goes sort of hand in glove with me a little bit on the, uh, on command. Sure. Because why, why do I think that Waka who has been so good the last two years was so horrendous before is because he was dealing with injuries. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't find that command. Sure. Um, which is why I would say, like, you know, given my numbers suggesting that they have similar control, a similar command, which one do I trust to be healthier next year? It's Yeah, Luka. that's a great point. Uh, uh, like, Waka could show up and everything looks good projection-wise. He's figured out how to be good and he's done it for two straight years and his back starts hurting in the spring. Yeah, it's like, well, okay. I'm okay with that in a 12-teamer. If he's healthy out of camp, I'm like, ah, whatever. It's fine. But, but there, you have sort of convinced me. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually okay with this a little bit. I, I hear you don't want to, you don't want to look at other people's rankings. You, you want into the years, <laughs> but I'm okay with this because uh, I do this all the time with Derek Van Riper on my show. It's like, you know, we're talking back and forth. I'll let him argue somebody up or down on me because it just, you know, the, the rankings are a, a big who would you rather. Oh, you know, right. Like, oh, yeah. And, and so you're convincing me that my distance between Waka and Lugo is too large. This is what, um, I sort I of was your point, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that I, uh, don't move based on these conversations. I do. Uh-huh. And that's a good thing. And it helped when I talked to Eric Samolsky on Monday going over his top 100. I don't like looking at them and like, Simple. He's got this guy higher than I got it. You know, whatever. I need to actually like have this conversation. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, I like that's the thing. I, I just see that everyone has this guy at a certain place, and oh, fine. Like even me seeing you put Dylan Cease at thirty, I'm like, oh god, am I too low on him right now? Like, <laughs> I don't, don't want to do Dylan Cease. I just see him and Hunter Green as like the same guy, and I don't want either one of those on my team because it's just uh, a headache as a fantasy player, right? It's, that's catnip for me. Is yeah. um, Edward Cabrera, Dylan C. Cabrera is not as expensive, and Eric Cabrera, it seems so much closer to getting there. Like, Mm. really, so much closer to me. 
Uh, but I'm, as like the founder of stuff, like you know, right? You have great oh, stuff. <laughs> I'm like, You're yeah, you know. Have I ever told you that Location Plus is not a stickier to you? <laughs> oh man! I uh, by the way, I can't decide on this um, between Lugo and Waka. Who benefits most going to Kansas City? Because Waka is a flyball guy. And Lugo is a ground ball guy, but we said, hey, look, the Royals were like top five and outs above average in their infield defense. But then again, Kaufman is Kaufman, and that's generally a home run suppressor. Um, yeah, let's see here. I'm looking up the uh, baseball, the park factors. Oh, yeah, it definitely benefits Kaufman versus Petco. So home run park factor, Royals 25th. And uh, Padres twenty first, so home runs should uh, should be better uh, in Kaufman, and then hits Royals fourth best place for hits. Hmm. Uh, it's not broken into necessary fly balls and stuff. Padres twenty eighth best place for hits. Oh, that suggests <laughs> let's just not get either one of these guys. Here. No, that's better for walk. I think right. Oh, well, I mean, sure. But the home runs are suppressed on the fly balls. Right. And then grounders. And he doesn't uh, do as many. He doesn't right. allow as much contact, perhaps. Is that it's true? It's 34%. He has seventh percentile ground ball rate last year. Yeah. Uh, Waka. Um, but uh, well, we don't know what the source of the extra hits in Kansas City. They could be fly. They could be outfield. Sure. Hits. I imagine it's because it's a more spacious outfield. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's just no more, you know, more grass and all that stuff. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of want to think that like Waka benefits more, mm-hmm. um, just because it's just more spacious and that means fewer home runs so fewer blowups in that way. Um, cause it's like a pretty similar defense internally, uh, in the infield for both teams. So well, Lugo's stuff shouldn't really change. And then Waka just gets a small benefit. I don't know. There's, I'm not going to draft either one, you know, <laughs> there's some atmospheric effects. Uh, as well. Oh, right. Yeah, I think that's so fascinating you were talking about that. You Darvish was telling me he has the best sinker ever because of San Diego. Ha! Huh. You should... Oh, man, that's why he's throwing it so much. Dude, he had this one game against the Jays. I did a whole video on it of, like, he finally had the approach that I've been yelling at him to do for ages. Sinkers in on righties and... That's it. Just save it for that. Four-seamer should be, like, the best pitch upstairs, and he throws it too low all the time. Yeah, and he does that like down and away thing, and uh, I'm like, I get it, like do that sometimes, but not all the time. VAA gets harmed because you're throwing it low now, where it's mm. easier for it. I uh, yeah, the weather is good for a sinker, and, oh, and he did it so well. And then the next series, like, cool, I'm just gonna do sinker sliders. You know, I finally and got grips from you, Darvish. Oh, did you? Yeah, so I'm. Do you have like, what, the twenty photos, huh? <laughs> no, <laughs> twenty photos of all yeah. the grips he has. I'm hoping to do like a. Like a, almost like an oral history of all his pitches. Oh man, that should be uh, fun. I have a theory about Darvish that he should just really master like three pitches instead of seven. What's funny uh, is he has like thrown away, you know, a few. Right, he's, it's like more like twenty percent usage stuff, and then like a couple like six or seven. Supreme. Oh what? Yeah, I think all the supreme. The supreme was in between a sinker and a splitter. So like the splinker of the yeah, I guess it was kind of the splinker. And I asked him, "Why'd you stop throwing the supreme?" He's like, "Too much like the other two pitches." <laughs> <laughs> so so it, was it like a a one seamer? Uh, 
See that this is one of the twenty photos that you know has, right? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta find. Was he even joking? Check the article one. later. <laughs> there it is. Go check the U Darvish article. Uh, I assume on the Athletic. So that's a, that's gonna be amazing. Um, is there anyone that like when you were doing this was just so hard for you to rank? I mean, I'm going through this with a ton of guys. I have no idea what to do with. Um, I mean, Hunter Green for me is like the barometer of just where do I put you? Yeah, Carlos Rodon was like that. Yeah, it's just like the the stuff plus numbers suggest that he was all right last year yeah. in terms of movement. You can tell a story where you're like, oh, it was just the back and he couldn't command his mm-hmm. pitches. And once he gets back on the horse, he was the ninth and 14th best fantasy pitcher in 21 and 22. And he didn't yep. do it with a lot of innings. It's like 300 right. innings combined. Right. So, you know, you get 150 innings out of him and get a top 10 pitcher this year. So, right. The, the two things you- with Lordan actually just wrote about him this morning was... Yeah. Could not command the slider against lefties. He had a 51% strike rate out of it used to be like 60% plus or something. And, and that, that seems like a that seems like a back an easy thing. fix. Yeah, that seems like a fix, honestly. Smaller sample, didn't have any sort of rhythm with that one. Okay, fine. Yeah. Batters are so aggressive against him on first pitches. His true first strike rate, which is essentially not like an 01 count that is uh only when you actually get to a 01 count, I should say. An 0 pitch that results in a ball in play is not a true first strike. Uh, this is an Alex Fast thing. It was one of the lowest in the majors um, with his four-seamer. So guys were just going up there looking just for a fastball, knew that they could do whatever with the slider. It was fine. And that he would be in the zone with it. And they crushed it. He also lost about an inch of IVB on that four-seamer. Yeah, um, there was a little bit of movement change on the four-seamer. But he still got whiffs against righties. But, but they were so aggressive the on swinging. It was so weird. Yeah. Swing rate was through the roof on it. And essentially what happened, I mean, I guess maybe even a little bit of tipping. Like when I see swing rates go through the roof, there's something there. Guys were just like, cool, let's go up there and uh, let's just hack it a four seamer. And they got it and they were able to hit it. And it gets to your confidence. Yeah. Higher walk rate. Like, what what are you talking about? When guys are swinging, why would that happen? Because now he's not throwing in the zone because he's terrified of it. (laughs) You know, and it's, uh, he throws in the zone, they get to, if he throws out of the zone, they walk, what do I do? That's the whole season in a nutshell. So that one could be fixed. I think it could be, and like you know, uh, but the backs, you know, backs are. It's can, also the forearm. They can be he with you your whole stream. life. Yeah, forearm you did have four months. That like, I talked to Stephen Lyman. He's like, guys, like forearm streams don't just go away. Like that is going to then affect him at some points. Why I'm sadly out on Max Fried too. A strain is a is a tear. Yeah. The other one, uh, the other type of player uh, that was just where the model was just so different than the results and how people praise them. So like Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, I've got like a a four, seven projection for him for ERA, Mm -hmm. uh, a D health grade, a 79 stuff plus like none of the things I was looking at, we project him for a 20% strikeout rate. Like none of my models like him. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet something like zips has him projected for a three, six, five with a 23% strikeout rate and a hundred and, you know, 180 innings. And so I'm Man. just like, uh, what do I do with this? Like he's going to yeah. end up, it's almost like Braxton Garrett for you, which I, I totally get. Um, but you know, wherever I put him, it's going to be a do not draft. Right. You know, like I'm not going to put him where ADP is probably. So, you know, you just, we so, have him, but I have to put him somewhere because then people say, like, well, you can't have Eduardo Rodriguez at one thirty. 
I know that's the that's the most annoying part. It's like, yes, I can. Uh, <laughs> Four eighteen ERA is what we have for him. Twenty two percent carry. I think uh, that's actually worse. That's uh, that's only the bat has has a worse projection than that for him. Um, the uh, the interesting part to me about Erod is the defense. I think we saw this with Gallon and Kelly. Is that the defense really helps um, Arizona Diamondbacks pitchers? Hmm. Um, and there's something to be said about that for Erod. That, that I think he's going to be with that a little bit. over Perdomo, and you know they that's a good point. I haven't done my infield too, defense right? analysis yet. We're going to have that fortunate on the side, which I'm so excited about because that's just another element of something where I would miss on guys would be like the Cardinals defense in 2022. Like that saved Michaelis, you know, and well, this, uh, it's a good note to have. It's also in the in this environment of this like this type of spring training, this type of offseason environment we're having, that it's like the thing that can change on a dime. Just remember, yeah. there's a guy named Matt Chapman out there. Yeah. And like That's a great point. You ha- you're projecting pitchers, and I don't even know how often projections do this where they take the defense behind them and try to protect the defense behind them. But think think of the noise you're starting to introduce. You're trying to project mm-hmm. a pitcher and whatever true talent he has. Then you got to right. project the true talent defensive quality of the people behind him where we're not even that good at, at doing defensive numbers, but now you got to project these defensive numbers for these guys. Yeah. You got to age. You have to age Matt Chapman somehow. And Matt Chapman's <laughs> not even on the team yet. So you're like, oh, I, I know what's going to happen in Chicago. And then they sign Mike Chapman and do you have to rerun everything? And how much does it actually change people? Is it like 0.01 of an ERA point like in the end? Yeah, right. You know, and That's so. a great point. Uh, like who is the third baseman there right now? You're asking about hitters. Oh, Eugenio Suarez. <laughs> Eugenio Suarez. All right. Yeah. How that's not a good thing. Is, is that it? up or down from Evan Longoria? I would say down, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, again, hitters. I got, uh, they're just cardboard cutouts for us pitchers. Okay. Well, <laughs> and then defenders. They're just people oh, that get the outs for us. I just hear the, <laughs> ding, 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 you know, yeah. it's like, did, the, did the ball go in the right place for it to say out, you know, I, yeah. uh, were, you, were you one of those pitchers? Like, what did you do? And uh, I was, a, I was a singer. Yeah. messed up a play for you. Oh no, no, no. I would be, I would be the one like, Hey, it's cool. I'm going to give you another one. Like that's what I would do. <laughs> I don't strike people out. You're gonna get another one. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no, no. I got to give them confidence. I'm oh, like, okay. I want you to get the ball. Don't worry. You're gonna be fine. But yeah, no. It's funny third, when you see a pitcher just be like, had to be good. You see those pitchers are like, what? The, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think of Colin McHugh and now feel like with arms up, you know, uh, like someone thumbs it is like, what was that? Like, oh. <sighs> um, but no, yeah, very yeah. helpful pitchers. That point in the sky for the home. Yeah. It's up there. There was a presentation on this. <laughs> yeah. At PitchCon in last year, Suspense Family Barbecue came on and it was pitchers pointing at things. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, it's up on YouTube. Go watch it. I loved it. Yeah, the ones that point at it on home runs and stuff. Yeah. Like, That's where it is. <laughs> oh, my God. I think the most famous one to me, though, is Erod pointing up as Luis Castillo didn't dr- dropped it against the Yankees. Oh, I will never forget Lord. that. He goes up and does his whole, like, I've, I've done my job as a closer game over. Every oh, every Mets or Yankee fan knows Luis this. Luis Castillo drop, right? Yes. Oh, yes. With Teixeira, it comes from, is running hard from first base. And uh, Erod, sorry, A-Rod, yeah. slams his bat down and becomes the hero. Sam Miller uh, used to have this thing of uh, uh, pitchers after home runs. Uh, like the, Oh, yeah. They, oh, so good. But they're... 
face in their hands or like oh my god shout into their gloves or just just like that that moment where you just see them sort of collapse on the mound <laughs> like, i mean we want to talk about erod uh yasel puig home run in the world series and he just slams a glove down on the mound <laughs> yeah. one of the greatest anger, anger is usually my favorite one. <laughs> oh my god it's so good it's so good um i have one last question today and this is someone i've been thinking about a lot matt chapman got me thinking about like where was he last year at the jays was that a defense that improved can you even say like gosman maybe that babbitt was better because chapman was there or something mm. um and that's a guy that i'm terrified of everywhere because i just think he's going to have allowed too many hits and that's it and ta-da he's going to have a 120 whip and are you okay with that anyway uh you say kikuchi he should be so good man and he just doesn't throw his four-seamer upstairs. Like really? he had a 47% high lock. And that pitch is like elite IVB and VAA stuff. And it's just it drives me up the wall. Like, and like, there's a part like, of me that feels like he could do it. If you look at like Kershaw's heat map, like, yeah, it's all over the place. He has a pitch that's better high in the zone. But also like you think of Strider saying like, if, if someone's going to like lock in on me high in the zone is hard. Mm-hmm. I got to throw some low. And then Bueller does this too. High uh, pitchers with good uh, pitchers with good VAA and with good yeah. IVB are not better low in the zone. Oh no, However, they're not. Yeah, if you get like I like that you call it high lock because if you get locked into that mm-hmm. position, I feel like then you're Joe Ryan. And if you look at Joe Ryan, like yes, he throws everything high, and I fall into this too. Is like, what if this guy could just throw more high pitches? Mackenzie Gore, I was throwing his. Heat map today. Well, like, yeah, what if he, he could just should, though. The throw Nationals more high pitches. The Nationals won't let him do it. But, 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 but on <laughs> some level, you should maybe have a low location too, where if somebody starts to be like, okay, I know everything high is a fastball, you know, and everything. I'm low not, is a I'm not ball. disagreeing with you. I'm not trying to say 100% high lock. Right. I want to see 60%. <laughs> That's your right. Number. Like that 60% to me is that good one. I mean, look, there are guys like Bailey Ober who uh, do that. I call him Bailey Ober Rizzi because he does what Jake Odorizzi used to do, right? Oh, yeah. Of that painting upstairs. And it's so effective there. It really is. He's like one of the best against lefties because he can go up and into lefties. And it's just so good there. And Kikuchi he also has a change middle, middle stuff going on. Oh, man. You have, he actually improved his high lock from like 39% before, which was just absurd for what he does with it. Like, how are you not taking advantage of this at all? Uh, like, like I need you to get over 50%. Half the time go upstairs. Yeah, he's trying to go upstairs you know? more. And he's, he's trying, trying to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. yeah. But he, he isn't quite getting it yet. <laughs> right, that's the thing is like, if that's a big question. What I would love to see. Like with Gilbert, is, like we're yelling at Gilbert, get more right. high in the zone. Does he have that actual natural command to do but that? But the thing is, this is what I used to do. I mean, it's also what I teach like kids uh, on my basketball team is I see kids that are uh, trying to shoot free throws and they're, Sometimes they don't have enough uh, on it and it's a little bit short. I just say, hit the backboard, just mm. aim for the backboard. And now they're more accurate. And I used yeah, to do this. I'm telling my kid, throw it through me. Right. Like don't right. always look at the glove. Just throw it through me. Exactly. And aim, you know, with the with Blake Snell, it drove me nuts too. He would throw way too arm side on these fastballs all the time. Mm. And his struggles of getting strikes with fastballs was not actually North South. It was too far outside. Mm. And I, I was like, all right, man, just aim, aim closer inside first, right? Make <laughs> yeah, that move the heat map. As we're talking about. And like when I see Kikuchi doing this, I'm like, well, Kikuchi, you don't need to get strikes with your fastball. You have this amazing curveball now and slider combo. Yeah. You got rid of that cutter and that's great. That's your strikes. 
just aim it above the zone. Just more for do waves. that. And then you can make that adjustment and calibrate it down. Right. Like, I don't think it's, I, I, I understand, trust me, how hard it is to command a baseball. Absolutely. I'm not saying like, oh my God, guys, it's so easy. I guess what I get upset about is when, I mean, Kikuchi's trying, which is good. He's making improvements, but when there isn't an adjustment, mm. when it's just like settling for the same thing and not trying at least to calibrate, then I'm like, well, why? Why are you settling at this point? You should be trying at least. That's a major it. red flag for me. I think that's the, the the red flag we should have seen with Madison Bumgarner. Yes, the stuff was declining over time. Um, I mean, you can see that without our stuff plus numbers. You can just see it in the velo numbers and stuff. But he never made he never made a change. Right. Like he never like he was the same, same yeah. fastball cutter curve the whole it was the whole yeah. thing same like he never you never saw one year where it's like oh I'm trying this new thing no I've never heard yeah. that from him whereas right, right. you know Granky's like oh uh, Felix Hernandez is throwing a power change that looks yeah. awesome let me throw that you know uh, <laughs> man, that's that's great. that's what I would look for you know and this like I, this is a, just a thing for dynasty and like for like thinking about young players and we can talk about this more on the next show but just just trying new pitches is big. Yeah. Like with Bryce Miller, like I want to hear from Taj Bradley in the spring that he's got a new slider because yeah. I want him to show that he can add new pitches. Right. Bryce Miller throwing a splitter. I know you don't love splitters, but like he's added a sweeper. Maybe the sweeper isn't going to work for yeah. him because it doesn't really fit his profile, but sure. he did it. He threw it. He threw it in the major leagues and it didn't get splattered. Yeah. So I like, I like to see people that like, you know, do iterations, change new things, put new pitches out I there. I like splitters, just not as your number two pitch to get a strike. <laughs> as your three, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Senga's ghost fork. Mm-hmm. I just wish his cutter was better. Yeah. That's the only, but maybe, I, maybe I'm underrating that one, by the way. 90. Four Six seamer. location plus on the four seam. It's not it that's four bad. Seamer, four seamer needs to be higher up. It could actually do well there. It's a scatter plot of that yeah, thing. Yeah. And that's just not performing as well. I got some wanted. I got some blowback for uh having Kodai too low, but where do you have him? Like 20 something? 29, 30. Yeah, I, I have him probably like 24, 25. Like I can't I can't buy into the cutter being I know it was a good year last year, but there's a lot of other, there's a lot of like traditional measures that also sort of point to why he might not, shouldn't be higher. You right. Know, there's like strand rate and BABIP and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. 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 I love that. Well, yeah. The traditional numbers. What is tradition? Oh, right. <laughs> What's tra- I don't know. It's Sierra. <laughs> traditional. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to end this one here because uh, I mean that we can go on for ages. Yeah, and stuff, right. but, you know, I love this podcast. This is so much fun. Uh, I'm going to do what I can to add that thing. Like, ah, pitchers. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to be the intro for us moving forward. Nice. But, uh, but you know, what is on the horizon coming for you? Uh, I got closer ranks uh, coming on Friday and uh, you know, just keep listening to us over at the podcast. I think uh, we'll have a uh, uh, a new uh, a guest coming up soon, or a, a new co-host that people might be interested in. And uh, I've got some uh, pieces on that I'm working on long term. But you know, it's at this time of the year where like it's more about long term pieces and, and oh, fancy yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you have the Darvish thing at some point, right? Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Oh man, that's gonna be great. Looking forward to that. I uh, on my end, of course, you have my top 300 coming out next week i think it's like eighty thousand words or something like that because it's all of the rotation things combined into one you know i did blurbs for the first time this year and i was like that is a lift <laughs> it's so much better though you do it's you so do actually better. do better 
analysis. Yeah, it, it's it really for your while you're writing your blurb, you're like, oh, this guy's got to be lower. Right, <laughs> exactly. 100%. I'm like, I'm yeah. trying to even convince myself as I write the blurb. Yeah. I'm like, why am I fighting myself? I can change this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, delete, 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 delete. Okay, yeah. fine. But yeah, no, it's it's all the rotation pieces that I've put out for Appeal uh, Pro Access, uh, all going to be combined into one. And then I'm actually going to separate them out into individual pieces that are just like taking the same board saying, guys, these are the Tobies. These are the prospects. Uh, these are the, and you can actually the tiers will be kind out. of like its own article. Yeah. So it's going to be a nice little way for everybody to find what they're looking for. Uh, yeah. But yeah, check that out next week. But uh, until don't then, know who's going to like in the draft be like, I need a Toby. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want that deeper leagues, like, come on, who's uh, yeah, draft and hold. I need some innings. I need yeah, a Toby right. now. <laughs> go to the Tobies. All right, let's see what we got. You know, maybe, oh, I think I'm going to go walk over Lugo. <laughs> so nobody, just my bagel guy. Uh, no, I, <laughs> but that's it. All right. On, on the behalf of, you know, Cyrus, my name is Nick Pollock and uh, hope you enjoyed the craft.